you always have to think about like, okay, you are in effect, even if the event is free, you are asking for three hours, you know, and that's like a tiny summit, it's a tiny event, but still you are asking for three hours of people's attention. You are listening to Amplifier Success Podcast, episode 317. And today we're talking about how to grow your audience quickly by using micro summits. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get Amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders, your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier and possibility igniter. Today, I've got a guest joining us and we're going to talk about one of my favorite ways to really build your business and your audience quickly by standing out in a crowded market, by taking the lead and hosting your own events. If you heard last week's episode where I talked a lot about learnings and growth and what I see happening in the new year, then you know standing out in a crowded market and really establishing the lead position, being able to step into the host position and put on events is a really powerful way to give yourself a competitive edge Um, And I say that because most of us are in a very crowded market and our clients are trying to understand what makes us unique and different from everyone else. And when you are in that lead position, you are actually giving yourself a really powerful boost of visibility and credibility. So this is a really powerful authority positioning strategy that my guest today is going to talk about. Now I'm alluding to my seven step framework that helps you add another six figures to your business each year, if not more. And one of the things I talk a lot about is how to use authority and how to build authority and how to put the seven key frameworks together so that your authority is really acting like a client magnet. And if you don't have the seven step framework, I highly recommend you hop over right now and download it to help you attract more great clients and be able to charge premium rates and create a business that's simple, but highly, highly profitable and impactful. Head over to amplifywithmelanie.com and you can download it as my gift to you. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back amplifiers. Today, we're talking about how to grow your own audience using micro summits. Now, let me introduce you to my friend Anke Herman. She is an online tech expert, a coach, and author of Taming the Tech Monster. She started her entrepreneurial journey in 2004 when she quit her software developer job in the UK, moved boldly to Spain, and started a sewing business. She soon realized that building a business really is a creative process, the same as sewing a dress or developing software, and a magical mix of vision, skill, and soul. Now she brings simplicity, trust, and transparency to online technology to help passion-driven coaches make money one-to-many and charge more for their one-to-one work without all the tech headaches. And Anki, it's so, I'm so happy to have you here because I love this topic so much. I've been watching you 
let's just use the slay it word because <laughs> that's what comes to mind. Like I've been watching you slay the online uh, engagement and, you know, all your social media with these really awesome micro summits that you've been hosting. And I think you have really become the epitome of how to keep it simple, but massively effective. So thanks for joining me today. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I'm really passionate about the topic too. So, Yeah, well, you, you've been uh, really standing out in, in the industry. And I think that's one of the things we strive to showcase here on Amplify Your Success is, you know, what are the little things that when you really own something that's unique to you or really works for you and you just keep dominating it, um, it becomes this momentum that is building your own business up and it, you know, it elevates your influence, obviously. And so you've kind of leaned into this micro summit thing. I'm just kind of curious, how did you land in the world of what you're calling micro summits compared to all the other ways you could be interviewing people? By accident, as so often <laughs> good things happen, right? Um, I mean, I've been hosting my own podcast, so um, I wasn't a stranger to hosting events and things like that. And then an, an email lands in my inbox, right, where somebody talks about micro audio. So I'm so, ooh, that sounds interesting. I like the sound of audio and I like the sound of micro. Let's have a look what those two can do together. And um, so I tried it out and have not looked back. Like it was literally after the first one that I knew I was going to do these regularly and I was going to do these for other people. And um, yeah, definitely. So I love the accidental happy accident uh, or happy strategies that drop in our lap where like these little sparks kind of light up and you're like, ooh, that's that's something I want to do. And, um, you know, I think this is a, a really big part of finding like your most authentic authority platforms is really listening for and watching for those sparks. So it's a great example. Why do you think micro summits are working so well right now? Well, there's three, like there's three parts to it, right? They are really popular with attendees, with people who you invite to them, because people are tired of these massive events. And I've noticed it myself. You know, I get an invitation. Here is the Business Building Summit join me and 50 other speakers I talk about everything under the sun or even if the topic's precise like if there's too many speakers overwhelm is just written right over the page for me and it's like oh and my first gut reaction is oh, I've got no time for that I'm busy got no time for that right so it when there's like okay micro hmm, right doesn't sound like a lot of time commitment on my front so Six speakers does not sound that overwhelming. And if it's only half an hour, so, oh, it's only three hours. I can listen to that on the, you know, on the drive to somewhere or while I'm sitting in the car waiting to pick up the kids from soccer practice, right? So it's it feels like it doesn't require me to shovel and, and carve out time for it, right? So it's it's overwhelm-free for attendees. Now speakers tend to like it because they get actually a lot more visibility, right? If you're one of 200 speakers, you know, you might get a few signups, but if you're lucky, but chances are, and I've 
participated in big giveaways and big summits. And I often found that the people who actually signed up to my email list on the back of that, they don't stay long. Because they, there's a big event, they sign up for 50 million things, and you send out one email and they go, who the hell are you? Right? So they unsubscribe because they can't even remember who they signed up for. So speakers actually get a lot more visibility because if you're one or six, you'll be noticed a lot more. And, um, and for me, it's doable. Like it's not such a, you know, if I'm, if I imagine the work that's involved in putting together an event with six speakers. Well, that's one thing that feels like, yeah, that's doable. I can, you know, fit this in. Just the thought of doing the same thing for 20 speakers, like my overwhelm flags go up, right? So it's actually, because I think dealing with this, like getting the details from the speakers, arranging the dates for the interviews, having the interviews, getting everything to them that they need, everything times 20, like that's hurting puppies. Like, you know, you can only so much, you can only hurt so many puppies without you getting, you know, where it's too much work, right? So it's it's doable for me. And um, so it works on all, all three fronts. Yeah, that I love that. And so what I'm what I'm hearing is a micro summit is a shorter in length. So the mm-hmm. content's really compressed and the conversation's short. Uh, there's less speakers, so it's less, you know, to consume. And it's really highlighting the key people that you do invite into that particular summit. Is there anything else that really differentiates a micro summit from other types of summits that people might have heard of? Well, there's the the, the topic is in, like very specific, mm. right? I think it doesn't really work with a vague, big topic. I find like the more specific the topic is. And the more pressing the question it answers, the more people will be interested. Because then all of a sudden, here's topic, and mine are usually around audience building because it's a topic that I see my clients struggle a lot with when people have an offer that you know they're really passionate about and it's just not selling the way they thought it should. But then you see, well, you have no email list, like you have no audience. I think it's just there's nothing wrong with the offer. There's nothing wrong with you. There's just not enough people who know it's there, right? And so, and it's something that people usually don't think about until they have something to offer. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> you know, so to really point their attention towards it. And then, you know, so that's, it's a topic that I see a lot and people struggle with it. And and so when there's all of a sudden the proposition that you get six different angles there's the sense like oh there's bound to be an insight for me in here that'll help me forward in some way right so I think a very specific topic topic is absolutely crucial I'm glad you said specificity because that's one of the things that I really believe like makes something stand out and I've noticed that with your summit themes so (laughs) that makes perfect sense why why it's working so well all right so let's say our listener is looking like they're they're just searching for what's the thing that's going to move the needle this year. And they know they really need to step up. They need to start hosting some kind of event to um, like stand out in their, in their industry, but also like a way to attract clients. Cause we all know that, you know, hosting an event, it's, that's how you build your own audience and, and um, attract clients. 
before they jump in, what are some of the pitfalls that you've noticed could come up with taking this on that they need to have on their radar so that they can avoid them? Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked because I have, you know, I don't have to look very far. My very first, uh, the very first summit that I ever hosted with a group of friends was a classic example for what not to do. <laughs> and, and, and I've actually seen other people who, you know, who come and ask about it, having that same struggle. And the key to it is to, to be very, like you have to be incredibly strategic about the topic. Right. Because it needs to be something because at the end of the day, yes, you want to build your audience with it. Right. And you also need to make sure it's the right audience. So you need to make sure whoever's in there and brings, you know, people to it. Well, it's got to be your people. And the topic needs to logically lead towards what it is you're doing. Right. See, I can host. A summit, a brilliant summit about puppy training. I'm talking about just having a puppy. <laughs> so, you know, puppies are on my mind. So I can do, you know, a summit around puppies that won't do much for my business, right? So it's got to be super strategic in saying, well, okay, how is that topic then leading them towards your services? Yeah. So that specificity of topic again, coming up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and so you can't, and what I see a lot of people do is come at this point at this whole idea of, oh, I want people to know this, this, and this, and this. And nobody cares. Like it needs to be, you always have to think about like, okay, you are in effect, even if the event is free, you are asking for three hours, you know, and that's like a tiny summit, it's a tiny event, but still you are asking for three hours of people's attention, a time that they could spend with their kids or with their partner or, you know, going out doing anything. Why should, like, that's really the question. Why should they put everything else on hold and spend that time with you? And you need a really, really good answer for that. Because if yeah. you don't have one, then you just end up with a lot of work and nothing in return. Would you call that like the event promise, so to speak? So what yes. is it that's going to be different for them having attended? Like what's going to what's going to uh, transform a result or give them information? That's what you're saying there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It needs to and it needs to be something that that the audience you have in mind, something that they want something that they know they want, not the thing that you want them to know. Yeah, it's like that's, that's messaging usual, 101 you know, right there. That's <laughs> the usual expert's curse. And, you know, you see it all the time. People say, oh, you know, we just want to share our experience. We do want to share our wisdom, especially when a group of people get together. You know, then it's like, oh, we just want to share everything we've learned. The problem is nobody cares, right? And <laughs> everybody has a life. So unless you make a promise, look, this will make the difference between you next time launching a program and having people buying it or you're sitting on your program. You know, this is the difference between you crawling back to the job you hated or fulfilling the mission that you're out to, out to fulfill. Yeah, good. Really good. I'm wondering what 
what is like a timeline and like what is involved in putting on a micro summit just so we can kind of set realistic expectations. People aren't like, I'm going to invite a bunch of people and next week I'm going to host my summit, right? <laughs> no, you I'm know laughing. those people. Well, you know those I know, people. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. And I'm thinking, well, you know, well, first of all, you're going to have to think about that topic and who your speakers could be, because that's the thing, your speakers, you want to be very strategic about the speakers you invite as well, because you can, uh, you know, one typical pitfall is that people invite their friends, right? And they either have no audience or not the right audience, right? Now, the other pitfall is if you happen to know famous people, well, they're not going to help you either because they gain nothing from being seen with you. So they're not going to promote it, right? So they're not going to help you build your list. So if that's the objective, which in my case, that is the objective. So you want to be very strategic about your, about your speakers as well. But the, the pure mechanics of it, um, yes. So the first recommendation I got was like, yeah, you need about six weeks, right? Now, there was me thinking, oh, I've got my back-end system really smooth. I can do it in four. And I did, I did do it in four. And at the end of that, I thought, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> because, and it wasn't that I couldn't do, that I couldn't put it all together, but I had a moment of sweating in there. And that was really the reason why now I give myself eight weeks at least so that it's, stress-free basically because what happens you have some speakers that you would like to have on a on a, you know you would like to invite so you invite them and some of them don't get back to you within a week they're on holidays you know they have something going on they didn't see your email things happen like not everybody sits there waiting for your email so it can take a few days for people to come back to you then some most people will go oh that's great I'll, yeah, I'm in. And then they take another week or two to actually get their bio, their headshot, the press, you know, their details to you, right? So now if you only have four weeks, like you're really cutting it short. And I had that in my first summit where I had somebody who I wanted on the, on the, on the, on the summit. She says, oh, I love it. I definitely want to be on there. And then she wouldn't send her details. Mm. And there was a week and 10 days. And then I saw and she posted on social media, oh, I just totaled my car and the kids got COVID. And I was just waiting for her to message me, say, hey, I'm really sorry, I can't do it. Well, she didn't. But I thought, well, if she pulls out now, I have precious little time to find another speaker. Right. So it was just I don't need that stress. So I would definitely recommend, you know, at least eight weeks. And if you're not very organized with your back and, you know, you're not organized for, you know, getting tasks done in time, then you want to give yourself a bit more time too. Yeah. I, that whole thing of responsiveness is a game changer for people who are organizing. You know, we... We've set that up with the podcast so that it kind of diminishes that problem. But whenever we have organized summits or, you know, giveaways or any of that, we've really learned a lot about how to set some boundaries, if you will, because, yeah, it's so stressful as the host. And I'm just going to say to all of our listeners, to all of the experts who are yearning to be invited in, 
the more responsive and organized you are, the more invitations you're going to receive. Because guess what? We host, we talk behind the scenes and we <laughs> refer really great, you know, speakers and collaborators to each other because it's a prize. Like it's such a coveted experience and it's just going to help you grow faster. So I'm glad you brought that up because <laughs> I've certainly had my own pain. I've been that person that dropped the ball once in a great while because of life, but uh, yeah, systems really help with that. Well, and speaking of systems, um, what are a few key systems? And I know we can't get into all of it, nor do we want to here because we just don't have the time, but maybe <laughs> tell me, um, and so our listeners can kind of tune into like, what are, you know, a couple of key systems that you need if you're going to host a successful micro summit the way you've described? I mean, the first thing you need, there's a lot of things you can kind of get around or get somebody else to do it, but you do need an email marketing system. Like you yeah. do need to have an email list. You need somewhere to create your registration and thank you pages and, you know, welcome emails and all of that. So that is like the most important thing. If you wing everything else, you cannot wing that one. And um, obviously you need to find a way to edit your interviews have an intro and an outro so you can obviously if you have somebody who does it for you you can outsource that don't need to do it yourself but that you need to consider that and I think the other key piece that people probably not always thinking about is some kind of task management tool right if you can work up a spreadsheet good luck I don't work well with spreadsheets if it works for you I don't really care what it is Right, but you need to have something to keep on top of all the because it's not complicated. There's nothing, oh my god, it's it's super complex or difficult, but there are a lot of tiny little steps, and they need to be some of them require other pieces to be in place first. So you can't do you know, you can't send out the promotion materials to the speakers before you have the images to be able to create, you know? So it's like some things need to be there first and some things need to be ready when the promotion starts, when the summer doors open. So there is a lot of little moving pieces. So if you're using any kind of task management system, you know, you'll click up Asana and all Trello, all of these. What I mean, use what you have. And if a spreadsheet works for you, well, use that. You know, don't overthink it, but make... Because nothing's more stressful than you kind of constantly sitting there like, oh, have I like I have the sense that I've forgotten something, right? So that's the last thing you want. So make that as easy as possible for yourself. I I, I don't know if you know that I'm a um, recovering corporate refugee, <laughs> and one of the my roles for many years was project management. Like I actually <laughs> helped design. And launch an enterprise-wide project management system for a Fortune 500 company. So <laughs> it's not my my superpower by any mean to do it, but it is lodged in the DNA of my body to have organization and to have project management tools. And it's amazing how many people just kind of wing it. And you can tell that's when things really break down. I, I think even, like you said, an Excel spreadsheet, we use a pretty integrated um, tool that integrates with a lot of our forms. It's called Podio, but ClickUp is a really fantastic way. And the nice thing is once you get your system laid out, you get to use that system over and over and over again every time you host it. And so yeah. you're really like, and I know you probably have some resources that would help. Speaking of resources, 
Um, I would love it. Do, do you have a resource that would help people take this as a concept and not wing it, but kind of follow <laughs> the steps that you've already outlined and can make it easier? Yes, absolutely. It's called Mini Summit Magic. And it's an on-demand training where I walk you through step-by-step step what are the well, what are the steps, what do you have to take into account, what are the key, what are the pitfalls, and what tools do you need, and how do you go about putting one together that actually helps you grow your audience and grow your business and isn't just a giant waste of time. So you can get that at ankeherman.com. That's A N K E. H-E-R-R-M-A-N-N.com forward slash amplify. Ooh, that makes it easy. Thank you. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> well, uh, I would highly recommend if you're considering do this, do not wing it. Do not try to figure this out on your own. Um, Anka's made this super easy to just go get her mini summit magic. She'll walk you through the steps. Um, thank you for creating such a an easy resource. I feel like we your your middle name is, or Amy, that's not what the middle name is that we should call you. <laughs> easy is not your middle name. <laughs> but simplified, <Simple>. simplified. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're going to take that out of the branding conversation. <laughs> All right. So, oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, as I was saying it in my head, I was like, nope, 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 don't say it out loud. All right. Um, oh, I'm glad funny. you're laughing. Okay. So, let's talk about some things that our audience can't wait to learn about you. And the, one of the audience favorites is, uh, what is the boldest thing that you've ever had to do that has helped amplify the success of your business? Well, the boldest thing that really laid the foundation of everything I do is actually getting out of East Germany before the wall came down. Mm. It's a long time ago and I still look at this as well that was a one-way ticket right this was applying for something that you knew nothing about you knew you basically closed all doors in the country you're in. You have no idea if and when you ever let out, and you certainly have no idea what awaits you on the other end. And still, it felt like that's a risk worth taking, right? And at the time, it was like, well, you know, let's just go. It felt like Christmas, like what's on the other end? It's going to be better than what I've got here. But it really helped me look at taking risks and in a whole different way, right? People go, oh, you moved to Australia. Oh my God, you started your own business. And I'm like, what's the big deal? None of that is a one-way ticket, right? It's like, okay, if it doesn't work out the way I want it, I can go back. Nothing compares with the one-way ticket sensation that this getting out of East Germany had. And as it's not the nicest time to think back, but it's really created the ground for you know all the crazy things I've been doing ever since. Wow, that is a profound story on multiple levels. I mean, first of all, the bravery to you know say yes to that one-way ticket as you um, described, but also to recognize 
you embedded a pattern of being willing to go where you know nothing, where you don't know what's going to happen and experiment and, and trust that there is an experience that you're going to have and that you can choose again if you don't like the experience. And that is such an important character or, or skill set, maybe even to have as an entrepreneur. So I'm, I'm imagining okay, that has served you multiple times as you have Absolutely. evolved uh, in your Absolutely. career, in your business. Yeah, yeah. Because there's something else that I always like on reflection as I will look, you know, because I mean, I get this all the time. Like, I, you know, I ditched my corporate job, packed up, moved to Spain and started a sewing business like something totally different, totally, well, made no sense rationally. Right. And all I knew, there was something pulling me and I'm thinking, you know what? I feel regret way more than failure. Failure, what's the worst thing that can happen? I moved to Spain. I don't like it there. Maybe I don't like it there. Well, I don't know, you know, but I want to know. That was the main thing. I don't I did not want to look back 20 years wondering what life in Spain would have been like. Yes. Yeah. I want to go that. and think, well, I literally went, I moved to Spain thinking it was a 50-50 thing. I'm German, right? There was a good chance that the manana attitude isn't quite <laughs> something that I could get used to, right? So it, there was no guarantee that life in Spain would work out. But I wouldn't, there was no other way to find out un, unless I went there and not just on a holiday. And it's the same in business. Like, you're not going to know until you give it a try, until you try. And I always say, like, there is no such thing as failure. Yeah. I you can that. just stop in a weird space and draw a conclusion, right? Or you can just keep going and look back later. Such a resilient attitude. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's one of the things I adore about you so much. You have such a great attitude. Okay. Last question. When you think about the trajectory of this business, going back to the beginning of starting the business you're in today, what is one thing you wish you would have done sooner? Get help. <laughs> <laughs> well okay there's a lot of ways help looks do you mean yeah. like hire team and you know yeah. get support in your team okay yes yes, okay. yes. yes. I, I definitely I don't know I, I guess I'm not the only one but it was left you know I've been a solopreneur for so long that I kind of thought I should be doing it all myself and I could you know the problem is I could I, I think that's it's it's a it's a gift and it's a curse at the same time, right? Yeah. Because if you don't know how to do something and you really go, well, oh, I can't get my head around that, then you're much more likely to seek somebody who could do it for you. But if you can do it, <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden you build yourself a hamster wheel and, and you do, you spend so much time doing stuff you really shouldn't put your time into. So I wish I'd <laughs> caught yeah. on to that a bit sooner. Yeah. Um, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> I purposely, a lot, especially early on, I purposefully would not let myself learn things because <laughs> I'm like, if I learn that, I'm going to have a hard time letting it go because then our expertise gets in our head and we think no one's going to do it as good as I can. Mm -hmm. And so then we hold on to it. <laughs> yeah. I yep. see you. I get it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank yep, you for yep. sharing that. I know it's a vulnerable moment when we realize like, yeah, I'm doing this thing. And yet like coming to terms with it and seeing it, I would imagine allowed you to say, if I want to get to, to this next level, I've got to be willing to do the things that will um, elevate my chances 
and letting go and getting help is certainly one of them, as you and I both know. So thanks yeah. for sharing that. Anka, you are a treasure. Thank you so much for joining me today. And as you're listening in, hop over, get Anka's ma uh, mini summit magic. It's such a great resource. And again, anytime you can learn how to do it without figuring it out on your own and, you know, going through all those learning curves is it's, a, it's well worth it. It's a, it's a free resource and we'll hook up that link in the show notes. And, uh, I can't wait to see you put on your first mini summit magic. Make sure you join us in Amplify Your Success Facebook group, or sorry, Amplify Your Authority Facebook group and tell us uh, when you put it on. Okay. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media. 